the great G.K. Chesterton. Write that name down. G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. He'll be up there directly. There he is. This gentleman was one of the greatest apologists and writers of three generations. However, for the most part, no one knows his name. For one reason, he wrote from the perspective of a biblical worldview. Over 5,000 poems, short stories, more published than anyone of his entire era, and yet forgotten because public education and higher education and media in the United States of America have become those in bondage to a radical left ideology that is destroying the United States of America and the church as we know it. Here's what the great Chesterton had to say. Some of the most civilized and highly organized cultures like Carthage at its wealthiest had human sacrifice at its worst. Don't change it. Now let's, let's examine that again. Some of the most civilized and highly organized cultures, think about it. Think about America. Think about that you are in the top 78% of the wealthiest people on earth. You are some of the most educated people on earth. America is the leading economy of the entire world. The envy of the entire world. They're not trying to break into Russia. They're not, they're not streaming in to Cuba. How come everybody want to come here? Because in a word, America has it all. Opportunity and promise. Hope, the greatest military on earth. The greatest economy on earth. And yet, at the same time, like ancient Carthage, at its wealthiest and mightiest, the United States of America is fighting in the United States Congress to make it legal to murder a baby after it has been born. But your children aren't taught from G.K. Chesterton at your local public school, nor certainly 
in any institution of higher education. However, at Harvest Preparatory School and Valor Christian College, we learn Chesterton. Any, some of the most civilized and highly organized cultures like Carthage at its wealthiest had at the same time human sacrifice at its worst. The best of times, the worst of times. A great dichotomy between light and darkness, good and evil, God and Satan, blessing and cursing in the same streets. A half a block from Rodale Drive, the tent cities of homeless stabbing themselves with the steely knife but cannot kill the beast. He went on to say, culture like science. Wow. Culture like science is no protection against demons. Culture will not insulate you. Wealth will not insulate you. Prestige will not insulate you. Doctors cannot insulate you. Lawyers cannot insulate you. Locks on your doors cannot protect you. Demon spirits are everywhere. Right now, at this moment, 15 feet above your head, there is a clashing, bloody warfare going on for you, your family, and everyone you love. It is real. It is undeniable. What in the world makes a woman put her three-month-old inside an oven and turn the heat on until there's no more baby? What on earth drives a businessman, briefcase in hand, to walk into an airport, kiss his babies and his wife while they lay fast asleep in bed, walk into an airport, knock down three shots before he gets on the flight, end up in another city, sit that briefcase down in a luxury hotel room, click on the dial, and turn on such debauchery that hell would blush. Decide to go further. The image is not enough. The law of diminishing returns kicks into play. Hell is a place of unmet, burning desire. You will burn. 
whatever causes you to walk away when you should walk toward will burn you there forever. That alcoholic spirit that rushing collapse when the high is over will torment you burning in your consciousness for eternity. The law of diminishing returns, it's all in play. One drink used to satisfy one glass of wine, you backslidden preacher. One glass of wine. Every single one of you that I have known in 42 years of ministry never stops at one glass of wine. You're a drunk. Quit lying to the people. Go ahead and sip your wine. Go ahead and have a beer and a shot. Why, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, not unless you have someone to influence. I had a couple come to me and they said, look, I took a job at a major ministry and I went in there and, and my father was an alcoholic and I've resisted that temptation my entire life. But the first event I went to for the team, they were passing out the wine. So I didn't want to be, you know, rude. Three months later, my family was in the shambles. I couldn't get through a day without being drunk. A preacher did that. You'll never be an alcoholic in my church by my example. I'm a Nazarite. I'm a Nazarite. I don't look at pornography. I don't go to dirty movies. I don't ever put a drop of alcohol to my mouth. Why would I want to consume that which destroys you? You don't know how many people predisposed to alcohol addiction you're taking down that path to hell. Get a Coca-Cola. Well, it doesn't hurt me. That's your problem. It's all about you. Well, I want, I have a right. Sure you do. Help yourself. Unless you cause your brother to stumble. It's real quiet. I didn't tell you what to do. Well, pastors preach it against drinking. I'm preaching against drunkenness. I'll at least go there with you. Besides that, the argument, the alcohol, the alcohol, Jesus used alcohol for communion. That argument, it was less than 1% alcohol, and the only reason it was in there was to protect it. They didn't have water purification. So you want to throw down your Jim Beam and liken that to my Savior? How dare you? 
Well, this is a way to win friends and influence people. I, I can see your horns coming out right now. And some of y'all ought to learn to push your plate back too. Moving on. You want me to rewind that? I can. Here's one, here's one thing for sure. I'm never going to kill anybody's child because I'm intoxicated. I'm not going to leave my wife or have my wife leave me because I was in a drunk and slapped her. My children are never going to become alcoholics as a result of my example. Come on, this is a narrow way. This is a narrow way. And you ought to shout that you're on it. For broad is the way. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Here's where I am. Some folks say, well, you know, we haven't Vonnie Lopez. She doesn't cut her hair. Good for her. She doesn't want to cut her hair as a vow to God. Let it grow down to your ankle, sister. Anything I can give up to get closer to him, I'm all for. Anything I can shun the wrong and do the right, I'm all for. Well, I didn't mean to get on that. Isaiah chapter 5, that's where we're going. I just heard about that family and it broke my heart. Broke my heart. Isaiah 5 verse 20. Whoa! Everybody say, whoa! That doesn't have an A on it. It doesn't mean woe like you woe a horse. It means woe. I don't have time to go into what it means, but let me just share this with you. It ain't good. Woe. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil. Put a special on my book where we're living in an upside down world. This is the title text of that entire book. It's called Living on Our Heads in an Upside Down World. Woe to those who exchange darkness for light and light for darkness. If that light which is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Lest the days be shortened, even the very elect of God shall be deceived. That means you shouting at preachers that are demonized, deceived, living, believing, your Bible said, a lie, and therefore you are damned. Mm. Woe for those who exchange bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
Think about modern churches. Think about modern preachers. Evil for good, good for evil. Light for darkness, darkness for light. In order to impact the modern culture, this morning, God is calling and challenging the church of Jesus Christ to rise far above the status quo of religious normalcy. Shove your neighbor and say, don't be normal. Come on, shove your neighbor and say, don't be normal. Throw both hands up and say, this is not normal church. This is not half church. This is not lukewarm church. This is not simple church. Simple church for simple people. That's not what's in here. What's in here, world changers. What come to worship in here are those that know who they are, who their God is. We live in a society, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, where right has been wrong for so long that righteousness has become the abnormal thing. Holiness is out of sync. Modesty is out of style. Sacrifice is not spoken of. Dedication has disappeared from our vocabulary and our lives. Smile. See, your problem is you think this is bitter. This is sweet. <laughs> That is bitter. Did you hear me? That candy-coated, sugar-coated, chromium-plated, over-organized, streamlined, computerized form of Christianity, that is bitter, and it has been about as effective at revival as melting an iceberg with a matchstick. That's revival in Pakistan raw and powerful and devils being cast out and blind eyes being open. Why should Pakistan have that and America have 45 minutes of nothing? I'm trying, baby. Woo! Man, there's something in here today. I think it's come from that harvest prep spiritual emphasis week. That's where I think it came from. Mm. Hey, God. Mm. Ah. Revelation chapter 2. God Almighty commended the remnant church at Thyatira. Well, let's pause there for a moment. What is the remnant church for that matter what is the church better yet what is 
His church. Not your church. Not my church. Not that denomination's church. Because in every church, there's some of his church, I'm convinced. Now, they may not be able to stay long in some. But in every church, there's some of his church. But ain't no church, all his church. So, Pastor Cal, what is his church? Well, he gave the answer. He said, when you bring your offering, put it in a basket and bring it to the place. Now, this is God. God said, where I, God, have chosen to place my name. So if you want to find his church, Dr. Youngkin, all you have to do is find the church that has his name. Now you're confused. Because we got the church of God. We got the church of Christ. No tea. We got the church of God in Christ. We got the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We got the Holy Ghost Temple Fire of God Latter End Time Revival Holiness Church. We got the Greater Bethlehem Temple of Judea in Nazareth of the Living God. We got them all. This honest truth, y'all. I, I was driving down the street in Columbus, and there was a decent-sized church. You know, wasn't anything like this, but decent-sized building, and they had had to build out. Uh, uh, support trusses because the name wouldn't fit across the church. I'm not playing. That's true. I can't even remember all of it, and I've got a good memory. Where does God place his name? That name above every name. That name that makes demon spirits tuck their tail and flee in terror when we resist them. Where is that church? Is it that one with the light show? Is it that one with the greatest Hammond B3 organ in the world today? Is it that church somewhere out in Podunk, Nowhere were 75 people where mothers stagger around the altar and say, save my children or let me die. Where is that church? That is his church. I have people all the time. Well, we're visiting World Harvest. We're new to the area. So we're just checking around. Well, keep checking. But here's where you find the pulse of God. Where is his name placed? I didn't say where did a man or people place his name. I said where 
is and how do you distinguish the place where God Almighty has placed, engraved his name. But, but I like the people. Yeah, yeah, but they have a great children. No. But they have a No. How do you know where to grab your children, stick your spouse on one side of them and you on the other, and take them to church? Where God has placed his name. Now I'll tell you how to distinguish that when you come back next week. I'm going to start being like a good soap opera, a good Netflix series. I'm just going to keep you thinking. I'm going to tell you right now, you got a Bible? Get ready. I'm going to fix you, church hoppers. I'm going to fix you while I go to church when I feel like it. I'm going to fix those of you personality cult worshipers. Well, who's leading worship tonight? Well, who's going to be the soloist? Well, who's going to do the preaching? Well, I like when they lay hands on people. I hate when they lay hands on people. I like when they prophesy. It seems like it's prophesying to me. I'm, no, I'm going to fix you. Your Bible says in the book of Ephesians, get set in the church. Well, my brother, come here, concrete brother. Come on, run, hurry, I ain't got time. This brother has done so much free work around here. I love him. Where do you drive from? Butler, Pennsylvania. Butler, Pennsylvania. Every Sunday, every Wednesday. You're in Reynoldsburg. But then you're not set. You know. Okay, so. You out. I know because my daddy worked in concrete all his life. He was like a concrete artist. In all seriousness. He, he could do anything with concrete. And. And I, I learned something about concrete. My dad, he would put like for a sidewalk and he put two by four, two by six, whatever needed the height frame around that concrete. Why would he do that? To form it in. To form it. Be not conformed. I wish I had a revival week at World Harvest Church. Right? Got to form that in. Because if you don't, what will happen to it? It'll just run all over. It is run all over. People run to and fro this church, that church, another church. Well, they offended me. Well, I didn't like it. It's too loud. Well, that's too hot. I don't like the pews. There's stains on the carpet. Well, why don't you give some money so we can replace it? 
you got to form that. But now wait a minute, because when it comes out, it's kind of liquid. It's running. Concrete. Concrete. But then now he'd wait. He'd keep checking it every now and then. And pretty soon, because I got all the brutish labor, he'd say, all right, go take the forms off, because it's... Set in place. It's what? I'm set in place. You're what? I'm setting place. Why do you drive from Pennsylvania? Because God is here. And because you're... And I'm set in place right here. Not going anywhere else. So what if your baby's in the nursery and they don't change its diety on time? I'm set in place. What if I didn't preach so good? Set in place. What if the soloist couldn't find a pitch in the daylight? Set in place. What if the service went too long? Set in place. What if the service was too short? Set in place. What if it was too hot? Set in place. What if it was too cold? Set in place. What if you had to drive five miles more? Set in place. Go set in your place. We gotta get set, folks. Look what's going on around here. Stop looking over your shoulder. Stop looking at the grass that looks greener. Because what you don't understand is, if there was snow on the ground over there, it'd be yellow. You didn't hear. <laughs> School like that. Set. Get set. If God sent you here, plant your feet. Take the iron hammer of God's will and the spike of his word and nail your feet to the floor. We got too many Christian deserters. AWOL. Wednesday night roll call. Here, sir. Here, sir. AWOL, AWOL, AWOL. Here, AWOL. Well, I work on Wednesday. Why don't you go talk to your boss and watch you get a miracle? Come on, what's the most important thing to you? I see people move all over the world, and I got a greater opportunity. And watch their children end up five years later, one in prison, Straight-A students. One hopelessly addicted to drugs, the other to alcohol. Go ahead. Find your greener grass. Or you can lock in to a place where God Almighty for over 40 years has placed his name and get in that ark of safety wherever it is for you and live under the blessing of God. That was all free. But we don't talk enough about it. Well, give them another light show. That'll get them back. Give them another 
Uh, give them another performance. That'll get them back. Get another series. That'll get them back. Give if we have to entertain you to keep you, you in the wrong place. But if you like the glory, if you like miracles, signs, and wonders, if you like the raw power of God on display, if you want a group of people that are praying for you when the doctor says you have to die and cannot live, this is it. We quit everything. We live in a generation of quitters. Y'all quit letting your children quit everything. They start it, they finish it. Yeah, but they don't like it. They should have thought about that. Well, I was gonna play football, but it got too tough. You're a quitter. I am. See, some of y'all still looking at me like this is bitter. Some of y'all had 42 jobs in the last six months. Did you ever think it might not be your boss's issue? Dance on that. Get some grit about you. Get some I don't quit sense about you. Get some I started it, I'm gonna finish it, so help me God. You quit on church, you'll quit on God. You quit on church, you'll quit on your marriage. You quit on your job, you'll quit at church, you quit at church, you'll quit on God. Don't be an AWOL Christian. Absent without leave. Some of you didn't know what AWOL is. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shout, I will not quit. Got the spirit of my pastor on me this morning. He had eight television stations. Largest one was in South Bend, Indiana. I went there a couple times a week. He called me one day. Will you go with me to preach tonight? Yes, sir, I'll be right there. So off I went. I didn't say, where are you going? I didn't say, how big's the meeting? I didn't say, are you going to buy me a ticket? I didn't say, are you going to give me an offering? He had it. I wanted it. And that was it. I said, I'll be right there. I got there. He said, we need to go out by the television station before we leave. I said, all right. So out by the television station we went. They just built beautiful new studios, new equipment, and just absolutely a, a phenomenal place. Well, we got about 10 miles away and I could hear sirens. And I knew where the television station was and I looked that direction and there was nothing but black roaring smoke. He knew it when he called me. It had burnt to the ground. 
What I said to you was, he didn't tell me anything about it. He didn't say, would you come help me? My TV station can't. We went by the television station. He looked at it and went, hmm, let's go, Rod. Off we went. Preached all night. Laid hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Watched people get born again. We were very close. On the way home, I said, Brother Sumrall, you haven't mentioned the station. He scooted up on the edge of his seat and went like this. Looked me in the eye and said, I never will. I don't talk about what the devil does. I said, got it. Got it. Scooted back in my seat. The next thing I knew, there was a bigger, better studio built with better equipment. And I got to go do television with him in it. So a few years later, I was preaching upwards of 200 nights a year on the road. I was pastoring this church, leading the Bible college, leading Harvest Preparatory School, leading 12 ministries, writing a new book every four months, hosting great networks programs every week, doing five daily television programs a week and a, and a weekly program. I had a new wife. I had a little girl and a baby boy. And the doctors handed me my son and they said, Reverend Parsley, your son does not have an ear problem, a hearing problem. <clears throat> your son has a severe neurological disorder for which there is no treatment, there's no cure, and there's no hope. I usually don't share this part, but he went on to say, it would be better for you if I was giving you a death sentence for your child. Think about your baby. But I'm not giving you a death sentence. I'm giving you a life sentence. Your son will never call you dad. Your son will never be able to distinguish 
between his mother and his father. He will never go to school. He will never read a book. You would be better to put him in an institution and forget that he was ever born. My first cousin Darren at that time traveled with me those nearly 200 nights a year. We were scheduled out the next three nights to preach, including that night. I remember where I was going. I was going to Pastor Jensen Franklin's in Atlanta, Georgia to preach. And they handed me my son. Darren said, surely we're not going tonight. I'll call Pastor Franklin. Everything will be fine. And I remembered the television station. You see, something gets in you around here. Something happens in you that's far bigger than what happens to you. I said, get my things. That's all I said. Got on the airplane, didn't discuss it. I'm not saying I didn't have any breakdown. I broke down, honey, in the floor, curled up in a fetal position. That's why I built the stadium. That's why I put the money in it. That's why it's there. I'd do it for you because I couldn't do it for him. Earn it. Now, wait a minute. I'm teaching you something. I remember being in the, in the pastor's office beforehand and his, his daughter, who is now a beautiful, gorgeous, successful model, professional model, was just a little tiny thing. And she needed me to help her go to the bathroom. Funny how you remember things like that. Darren pulled my clothes on me, literally. I said, which way do I go? That way. And I went and preached. And God helped me, and a great anointing came. And I went back into the office and fell in a heap. But I never quit. I never quit. 
And when they said, you've got vocal cord cancer, I refuse to quit. And when they said seven years in a row, they're gonna sell your house to pay the church's bill, I didn't quit. And when this one left and that one left and everybody thinks they're leaving and the place is gonna collapse, I never quit. And neither should you. Be up or getting up. Shout the high praises of God. Make your backbone like a T-rail and stop quitting. Stop giving up. Stop rolling over. Evil will have its day. Oh, I want to preach now. I said evil that is tormenting your life because God has not answered does not mean he will not. Somebody's trying to give up. Somebody's trying to roll over. Somebody's being Charlie Brown. Why is everybody always picking on me? Don't you ever quit. Don't you ever quit. Don't you ever stop praising him. Don't you ever stop clapping. Don't you ever stop shouting. Don't you ever stop dancing. Don't you. Don't let the devil see you sweat. Be seated. I've got exactly three minutes to tell you how you know where to go to church. You can title this message that. How do I know where to go to church? Now I've already given you the first indicator. The place where God has placed his name. Okay? So now we're we're doing that, what do you call it on Google when that we're narrowing the search, right? You go on there, you put something in, it's like, that's too broad, narrow it down. We're gonna narrow it down now. You ready? Shout, I won't quit. I'm not quitting on my marriage, I'm not quitting on my job, I'm not. Don't you dare go out on the bottom. If you're gonna go out, you better go out with everything around you succeeding. God doesn't lead you by your failure. Well, God told me to leave. No, he didn't. You got a boyfriend. God is a very confused God. This is the one for me. Wait till she burns the eggs and you find out she don't know how to do laundry and wait till you smell her morning breath and her, or his. Wait till you find out how lazy he really is. I'm trying to save side. Some of you quitting on this sermon right now.
indicator number two. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Number one. Okay, this Google search is going from three million to three. First phrase, where he places his name, they cast out devils. It didn't say they move them to another department in the church. It didn't say they ordered them into counseling. Although counseling is good, it's like medicine. If most folk didn't have it, they'd die. Listen to me. They don't, they don't try to cover it up. They don't hope they'll go to church somewhere else. They don't call it a disease when God called it a devil. They cast out devils. So wherever you're going, if your pastor does not cast out devils, do not walk out of that church. Run and don't ever go back. Don't ever go back. That's not God's church. Yeah, but they got so-and-so from the music scene leading a worship. Yeah, and that's the devil they need to cast out first. That entertainment devil. Say they cast out devils. Stand up. Stand up. Hello. Wake your neighbor up. Hello. Stand up. Lift up your hands and say, this is World Harvest Church. Senior Pastor Rod Parsley. I am in this church. I am set in this church. And we cast out devils. What kind of church do you go to? We cast out devils. We go to a church where they cast out devils. Number two, they speak with other tongues in church. I ain't getting no help. So just go ahead and cut loose. National TV. Every nation of the world. You're live right now. They are watching you. They want to know what kind of church you go to. They want to know what's going on in the cornfields of Ohio. What's going on at Harvest Preparatory School. Why would you want to go to Valor Christian College? They cast out. They with I like this one. 
I want a button up here. I want a button. I'm tired of waiting on everybody. What do they do? Now listen, I'm from Eastern Kentucky. Some of you ain't never been to a church with the wood box. I've been there. I didn't stay long. Singer friend I know traveled around the country, ended up at one of those in Eastern Kentucky. Three boxes of rattlers on the, on the pulpit. Boy, it says they take up serpents. <laughs> this brother was singing. And behind him, he started hearing. Between verses, he looked over at his wife. Honey, just, just hold still. Just look for the door. And when I say three, head toward it. She said, I already looked for the door. And there ain't none. It's a misinterpretation. It means you take on the spirit of the serpent. That means you don't run from the devil. That means that devil is defeated. You don't have any trouble. Thank God, W. All you need is faith in God. Shout that devil is defeated at World Harvest Church. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.